thought that a Russian World Cup would see Argentina in despair, VAR become an intriguing reality, and an Iranian forward flip-throwing attempt. Perhaps it's the year of the Socceroos, or maybe the Red Devils of Belgium. One thing's for sure, this is another exciting World Cup tournament, and we're back to break it down. This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag. steals the ball off Guerrero. Here's Here's your host, James Rose. Good afternoon, yes, welcome to our first off-season special. Joining me today is the man whose Mexican genes are certainly brimming with delight. It's Jared Bustamante. How are you, bud? I am fantastic. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm just well. And I'm also joined by the man who didn't use the trash emoji enough times on Twitter to describe the Argentine goalkeeper. What a howler! It's Boyce Richardson. How are you, bud? Feeling better than Willie Caballero. <laughs> What a guy. Uh, we're going to follow a similar format for today's special and start off with our top three contest. So as before, our contestants will try to figure out the most talked about stories from the World Cup thus far. Three points for guessing number one, two points for number two, and so on. Boys, you're going to get to go first with this one. So up to this point in time, what do you think has been the most talked about? I mean, if we're going just general topics here, I've got to go with VAR. It's pretty much dominated the tournament from beginning to end. VAR is absolutely in there, yes, but it is only at the bottom of the list. It's number three, so that'll just get you that single point. But VAR's inclusion in the World Cup has certainly caused controversy amongst fans. As certain decisions uh, may have been addressed correctly, may not have been addressed correctly, Um Here's two incidences I've certainly picked up when I've been watching these games. One I have to throw in there is uh, in the first England game where Harry Kane was tackled inside the box. Clearly a penalty. Nothing is awarded. Uh, A second incident highlight is uh, between the Switzerland and Serbian game. Um, Two Serbians are tackling Mitrovic in the box. Nothing on both of those decisions is awarded by VAR. So my question to you, boys, is VAR working? I think generally, at least throughout the first three rounds of the World Cup, or 2.13, however we want to go about it right now, you'd have to say the VAR has worked. There have obviously been instances in which it it seems like there's been a strange refusal by the center to actually go look at VAR. Strangely enough, as, as many penalties as Harry Kane has managed to take in this tournament, I actually think he did deserve one. From that particular instance, and as happy as I am to see Stefan Licksteiner joining Arsenal as our backup right back next year, what he did to Mitrovic is illegal in a hundred countries at least <laughs> during that corner kick. And it's strange to see those implementations, especially in light of the fact that on the opposite side of things, I think especially early on in the at least the first round of the group stages, you saw a lot of penalty kicks being awarded for trailing legs which is something that I consider to be sort of a false penalty kick. I think one of the ones that stands out for me the most is Ronaldo's first penalty for Portugal, I believe, in the match against Spain. The trailing leg that you leave behind gasping for contact with a defender's planted leg, I think is basically the soccer equivalent of an NBA player getting the defender into the air and jumping into them without really even taking a shot of consequence. I I hate those penalties. I think they're terrible. 
but yet I think there were at least two or three of them called during the first round. And I forget which match it was originally where the call was made for a body wrap during the group stages in this tournament, but we've had at least one. Mm -hmm. Then to see those two, the one against Hain, the one against Mitrovic, uncalled and not even questioned, I thought was a little odd. I think the most interesting aspect of this has been seeing how the centers interact with it, where it's disturbing for the viewer because they're not actually stopping the match to be able to make these calls. I think the stressful thing about VAR has been the fact that in certain cases, they're waiting long periods of time before the calls are made up. And today in the Portugal game, I actually think that the worst aspect of that penalty that was called was the fact that he didn't really seem to know what he was doing. He looked at it for a little while. He seemed to think about it. He got on who wants to be a millionaire. He called a friend. He <laughs> called somebody else. And then finally, it looked like he talked, the assistant talked him into going to the screen. And it's interesting because you can see, unlike the NFL, you can actually see under the hood. So you can see the footage that the officials are looking at for VAR purposes. And he looked at it for like <laughs> seconds to call a penalty. And it's just like, what, why are you screwing around for all that time? But overall, I think it's created a better situation. It's probably created a fairer situation. And certainly teams that have very good penalty takers... Uh, you would assume Ronaldo would be one of those, although, you know, Portugal can whine all they want, but they got that penalty and then he bricked it. Uh, but Harry Kane, to his credit, he might win the golden boot on penalties alone. Cannot give the man enough credit for, uh, of all the penalties that have been taken in the World Cup because of VAR, because of any other instance, Harry Kane's penalties have been phenomenal. They're unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared, I know you've uh, you've said in previous podcast episodes that uh, VAR is uh, is not ready yet, and I'm assuming you're going to have the same train of thought for this. So, so what is your opinion on the whole VAR situation in the World Cup? It's so stupid. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so you go on you go on FIFA.com, and they I, I I've tried to wrap my head around what the hell the protocol is, um, and I learned today that it isn't just the review uh like the center doesn't have to basically invoke var's var is talking to him the entire time so it's up to the center to either go and review footage at the suggestion of the var or it even says here or the referee accepts the information from the var and takes the appropriate action decision so I'm confused. That situation that Boyce described in the Portugal match, so VAR is in his ear, left, right, up and down. His assistant's in his ear, left, right, up and down. And then he goes and looks at it for 15 seconds. Like, And that's the award of the penalty. But if, if there's simply just a squeaky wheel that can that can invoke VAR, I mean, we have had several instances you guys described that where, you know, this, this would have been plain. And if somebody is in the booth watching this, how is nobody saying... And I'm taking my Tottenham hat off here for a minute. But the Kane lack of penalty is a great example because of the fact that Kyle Walker just basically threw an elbow at that guy in the Tunisia match uh, to concede a penalty for England. So where was VAR there? If we're supposed to have 360 degree or all these eyes on this thing and nothing pops up, it's, it's ridiculous. So the only thing it's doing is... We're continuing to make human errors, and the game is slowing down. So if you ask me, take it away. Forget it. You've got four officials on there. Let them call the match. 
and don't let anybody pay him under the table. Why in the world are they dressed in full kits? I think this is something <laughs> I totally agree with. Why are they dressed like John Terry in the booth? There's absolutely no need for those nincompoops in the in the booth to be dressed in full official outfits. It's, it's, it's a, ridiculous. It's a sweat wicking. <laughs> Maybe it's and to make. Say, to Jared's point earlier, I, I thought that the of all the things we'll avoid penalties, the one other funny VAR thing I saw today was that Ronaldo unquestionably deserved a red card for got, elbowing a dude in the face. Yes, and that is true. Even VAR cannot stand up to the power of Cristiano's, Cristiano Ronaldo's ability to be able to avoid clear and obvious punishment. And then the look <laughs> on his face when he got yellow carded was just like perplexed. And it was the most ridiculous thing. He's lucky to even be going into the... Round of 16. But anyway, sorry, we can continue. No, you're all good. That's a very fair point. Uh, So, Jared, over to you. We have first and second spot still to guess. So, there are obviously a lot of games, but try and think about the ones that might be the most uh, surprising, shall we say, in this tournament. Oh, let's talk about Argentina. Yes, let's absolutely do that. Yes, that is correct. And that'll get you the two points. Didn't quite make the top spot. Uh, But Argentina's shock defeat to the Croatians and draw against Iceland could spell an early exit for the South American hotshots. Now, according to reports, uh, again, I don't know if this is true, but their boss, quote, no longer has control, end quote, of their side (laughs) after a massive fallout during subsequent training sessions. Jared, how has this this Argentinian team, how have they failed to live up to expectations? Well, Willy Caballero aside, um, for some... At, you know, doing his best Brad Guzan impressions. Uh, <laughs> it is just hilarious. And this is not to take anything away from a Croatia side that looks scary. Mm. I mean, Luka Modric, again, I'm taking my Tottenham hat off here. I think we'd all agree. I Phenomenal. He's a wizard. Uh, and just destroyed a non-existent Argentina midfield. Uh you know, I I saw uh, saw something very funny uh, the other day where it's a comic strip where one of the cartoons runs into a burning house and brings out two bodies. And the first one was Cristiano Ronaldo running in and grabbing out Portugal and Real Madrid. And then it was uh, Leo Messi running in and seeing Barcelona and Argentina and running out with only Barcelona. Uh, <laughs> and the funny kicker was uh, uh, Neymar running in and seeing PSG in Brazil, and PSG in Brazil carrying Neymar out, uh, which <laughs> sounded very funny to me. But again, I mean, this is, uh, you know, you have a ghost of <laughs> and, and Leo Messi. I, I can't make heads or tails of it. I mean, you look at the squad on, on paper, and there's not only talent, but there's a lot of experience here. And, you know, they say in all these big tournaments is that, you know, it's the, you know, it's the age, it's the experience, you know, be able to kind of gut it out. James, you and I were speaking about Spain, the year, you know, the year they won it, and just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, initial loss to Switzerland, riding the ship and playing some truly ugly football, but somehow just bruising their way through. I just I don't see any heart from this Argentina squad, not to put it all on intangibles. I have a little chuckle that I'm absolutely validated by saying Nicolas Otamendi is one of the most, just an awful, awful defender. And <laughs> you better my points, Jared. Cast, those, <laughs> cast those city checks while he can. Good grief. While well, he still can. Um, 
Boyce, real quick, I'll get your take on Argentina in a second, but um, let's go ahead and start off if you can. Uh, what can we take from Croatia and Iceland and their performances against Argentina? I really think that primarily, at least with respect to the Icelandic performance, you've just got to accept that there's a bunch of heart on that team. You know, their effort against Nigeria was sort of sunk by Ahmed Musa, but that team's played with heart, compassion, drive. I think all the things, all the intangibles, for want of a better term, that the U.S. men's national team always used to be ascribed back in the day when they were fielding plucky teams uh, that used to do the same thing, that were defensively organized. And it's just incredibly impressive. You talk about the fact that you know, their goalkeeper stops a penalty kick against Messi, and he is, in the meantime, creating videos and content in Iceland. There's 340,000 people. An amazing story. In terms of Croatia, I think Jared's 100% right. You know, Argentina's problems aside, that match wasn't even close. Mm. And Luka Modric and Mandusic and Perisic, Rakitic, they've just been dominant. And even Dejan Lovren, who put in some inexplicable performances throughout the Premier League season, I think has turned in an incredible performance. And it looked a little dire there for a while because it looked like Spain was going to end up in the second slot on the right side of the bracket. Or, sorry, on the first slot on the left side. But they're now on the right side of the bracket, so Croatia's got a little bit of a competition as far as that goes. But it's one of those situations where I think that Croatian team can do some damage irrespective of whether or not it's Spain or Portugal on that side. And people should rightly be afraid. These might not all be players outside of Modric and Rakitic that people know, but uh, Subasic has put in some great performances between the posts. I think that team can do some damage. Um, So, boys, we're back to you. We still have number one still to guess. What do we think it could be? I would imagine that it's going to come down to Germany and Mexico and your team's somehow last-second heroics in their match with a goal from Tony Cruz. That would be absolutely correct. Yep, that is the number one spot. Germany survive an early elimination scare as, despite being stunned by Mexico in their first match, they come from behind late on to beat Sweden 2-1. Now, here's a fun stat. In the last four World Cups, the title holders have been eliminated in the group stages. So, obviously, France in 98, Italy in 06, and Spain in 2010. It looked like Germany... We're about to face the same fate, except, of course, as you mentioned, when Tony Kraus scored that well-executed free kick. Despite all that, Boyce, um, what have Germany been kind of missing from this team to get them comfortable wins? Well, oddly enough, given that it involves Mesut Ozil in one form or another, I-, I think their problem has been, at least in the first match when they played Mexico, you had... The same problem that Arsenal's had from a formation standpoint throughout the last campaign, where instead of Aaron Ramsey, you have Sammy Kadira and Mesut Ozil paired together. And Sammy Kadira is bombing forward. He's going all over the place. He's not really positionally aware. And Ozil is kind of floating off to the wing. He's floating in. He's floating out. There wasn't really any cohesion. And the thing is, when you look at Germany... I, From an attack standpoint, even when component pieces are all over the board, there's still so much talent on the pitch that they can do some damage. Their problem against Mexico, which, you know, I will grant you was perhaps an underdog in that match, but certainly didn't play like it, was that Germany's back line was all over the place. Mm -hmm. You know, 
Jared and I have fun going back and forth, tearing into Nicholas Otamendi and how terrible he was. But the combination of Mats Hummels and Boateng in that match were awful. Uh, they were at sixes and sevens. The reality was that I forget who number seven for Mexico is, but he deserves a call out on this particular show, given how terrible he was. Miguel Leun. Uh, <laughs> he squandered more chances than I think most people could even count throughout the course of that match in the box. I, Mexico should have won that match by multiple goals. I'm actually shocked that they didn't. But the one that he put away was great. But Germany had absolutely no organization. And the reality was that even in that match against Sweden, they went 1-0 down. They weren't really performing. And I know that Tony Cruz ended up saving their, their skin in the end. But he was terrible in that match. And as an Arsenal fan, I want to go into the reality that I know it'll look a little bit different because Germany turned it around and Cruz scored that goal in the last minute. But whether it comes to Arsenal or whether it comes to Germany, Mesut Ozil always seems to shoulder a lot of blame in these situations for how terrible the respective teams play, even if, as with Arsenal, his defense and his central defenders are all over the place and there's not really a lot of organization. In this particular match, Germany wasn't really any better in that match against Sweden in the second match that they played. They got lucky. Jared, of their opponents during those games, uh, what inspired such a successful victory for Mexico? And and how did Sweden not capitalize uh, with a man advantage? Boy, I don't know. You know, there was uh, one of the few times, and this pains me to say this, where I dare say I agree with Alexi Lalas. He <laughs> mentioned, you know, prior to the Germany-Mexico matches that Mexico has to come out and I quote, they just got to punch him in the face. And I thought that was just silly. Like they're going to game plan it. They're going to do it. And they were running right at them. Carlos Vela uh, and Chicharito and Miguel Leon were just, they ate Jerome Boateng's lunch. I mean, my God, just, I was shocked at how wide open that match was. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody said the best defense is a good offense, and uh, uh, El Tree listened. Um, I think uh, you had a you had a similar game plan with with Sweden um, being able to capitalize on width and uh, uh, you know don't play in the phone booth. This is one of the most open tournaments that I can uh, uh, that I can remember. You know, I, there are we could very well see a first time winner. Uh, this year. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, that is, you know, that's what it's all about. Again, that was a artful lawyer dodge on my part. Kudos to me, not answering your question. Uh, <laughs> but I think that, I don't know if it's some dissent. I know that Love is probably not not pleased with his team, but they need to write the ship and they need to write it quick because I think it is just as much of a German deficiency as it is uh, ascendancy in that group. And I wouldn't count that South Korea team out. Well, according to the sweepstakes, I still have Germany in it, and hopefully they can take it all the way. But uh, who knows? We'll see. Time will tell. Uh, let's go. Let's move on to our new game now, uh, inspired by something we actually ran with in our World Cup drawing moment. I want to call it Pass It On, and here's how it works. I'm going to start by naming a national team, and in turn, our contestants have to cite players from that team with Premier League experience. Okay. Uh, if a player takes more than five seconds, the two points will be awarded to the opponent. Uh, if you both happen to list all of the eligible players, uh, you guys will share the points. There'll be a point for each of you. Make sense? Sure. Sure, sure why not? Let's see what happens. Uh, Jared, you're, Jared, you'll start us off with this first team, uh, which has eight players of Premier League experience. 
Um, that team is Brazil. Take us away. Uh, and I'm blanking. Wow, great. <laughs> great start. Jared. I was going to say, should uh, we just, just start over? Brazil, go. <laughs> uh, Brazil, go. Uh, okay, just to clarify, not current players, right? They just have to be in the premiership at some point. Correct. Current okay. or past. Yes. Philippe, continue. Uh, that is correct. Boys. Gabriel Jesus. That is it. Yep. Good. Jared? Uh, he looks like a bird. Uh, Firmino. Firmino is correct. Boys. Uh, uh William. William's right. Jared. Ooh, Fernandinho. Fernandinho's right. Boys. Uh, three, two, one. I don't know. Time don't is know. out. Time is out. Jared will take ah. those two points. Um, because yeah. Coutinho was the only one that popped in my head, and I was like, Shoot, I wasn't <laughs> literally listening to the rules. Okay, there are three other players that we didn't quite get. Uh, Jared, do you want one more quick crack? No idea, no, no. idea. Well, uh, wait, wait, uh, uh, Paulinho, yep, Paulinho is one of them. He was kind of the uh, the wild card in the list, but he is on there, yep, and the other two. Ederson. Ederson, yep. And there's one more. Not an idea. No clue. Danilo. No Danilo is Brazilian. Who is Danilo <laughs> and who does he play for? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just getting these stats from somewhere. I'll look it up and uh, tell you here momentarily. Uh, sounds get, great. Get the Google going. All right, boys, you'll kick us <laughs> off. Sounds great. <laughs> sounds good. Boys, you'll kick us off with this next team. Uh, there's only five players on this one, so it's a shorter list. Uh, we'll see how we go. But it is France. So take us away. The one and only, the beautiful, the magnificent Olivier Giroud. That uh, took longer than five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. And thumbs up. Yes, uh, oh, is right. So, Jared, right over to you. Hugo Lloris. Uh, Hugo Lloris. Yep, boys, over to you. Didn't you pick France? <laughs> sure you should know. I did pick France. I did pick France. Uh, the, the dude who plays for Spurs, whose name I can't remember. Uh, Three, two, one. And uh, time is up, man. I am shocked, boys. I am shocked to the core. Um, Jared, you got any others? Uh, Paul Pogba. Pogba, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pogba. Uh, there's two more. Can we get them? Uh, <laughs> is Conte French? Yes, Singolo yeah. Conte. Yep, he is. And the last one. I don't know. Mendy. Mr. Mendy. Oh, yeah, Benjamin Mendy. Oh. That is it. Oh, that's right. There, there's Mendy and then the Ota Mendy. Ota Mendy, yeah. <laughs> Very confusing. Uh, Jared, <laughs> you're going to conclude the game uh, with this one, of which there are 12 eligible players. 12 eligible players, and you probably already guessed the team, doing it again. It is Belgium. Take us away. Oh, let's see. Uh, my favorite, Moussa Dembele. Moussa Dembele, yes. Voice. Jan Vertonghen. Jan Vertonghen, yes. Jared. Uh, Courtois. Courtois, yes. Voice. Alderweireld. Alderweireld, yes. Jared. Nasser Chadley. Nasser Chadley, that was a great one. Yes, he is in there. Voice. Lukaku. Lukaku, yes. Jared. Uh, Eden Hazard. Eden Hazard, yes. Voice. De Bruyne. De Bruyne, yes. Jared. Uh, uh, go back to goalkeeper. Simo Mignolet. Simo Mignolet, yes. Good draw, voice. Hazard. We have mentioned Hazard already. Oh, we have. We have, yeah. Uh, Michi Bashuai. That's a good one, yes. Nice work on that one, Jared. 
Uh, get to the end now. Can we get him? Did Boy say Fellini? Uh, no, he didn't. That's open. Take it. Nice work. Uh, Boys. Vonsant Company. Company, yes. Jared, back to Vons. you. Vons. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, did, did, did we say De Bruyne? We said De Bruyne. We said De Bruyne. Three seconds. Two, uh, one, and that's time is out. Unlucky, Jared. The two points will go to voice on that one. It's two players left to get. Kind of obscure oh. ones. Um, I right? Yes, that is one of them. Correct. Nice work. And who's the other? Who is the other? Plays currently for Crystal Palace. Did play for Liverpool. Uh, Vermeulen? No, although I think actually... That is accurate, but he's not on the team. Yeah. Um, also played for Aston Villa. Um, i trying to think of any other clues I can give here. Spurs may have wanted him at one point. I don't think Arsenal did. <laughs> All right, I'll just say it. Christian Benteke. <laughs> I didn't even realize he was on the roster. Wow, okay. Surprising. I didn't yeah. realize that either. Surprising uh, sub on there, but he's there. Let's move on to our final game of this special, and it's a slight twist on the season classic. Uh, yes, drumroll, it is Nation Profile. So I'll be reading five different clues to a national team. Each clue easier than the last. All you've got to do is correctly guess which team it is before the other person does. But be careful, as an incorrect guess too soon can freeze you out. Guys, you ready for this? Let's do it. Let's... Uh, why not? Why not? Uh, this first team is located in Africa. Currently managed by Gunu Raw. They are known as the Super Eagles. Voice. Jared. Yes, voice. Nigeria. Nigeria is absolutely correct. Yes, and that'll get you those two points. Uh, the other clues were players include Alex Iwobi and Victor Moses and made headlines for their bizarre green jerseys. Uh, bizarre, I think you mean phenomenal. <laughs> they are so sweet. Oh, man. Sold out yeah, within exactly. 20 minutes. <laughs> Crazy. All right, uh, second team then, team number two, is a European team. Currently ranked 12th by FIFA. Won a group game of their World Cup campaign with a late goal. Known as the Three Lions. Voice. Oh, man, I think Jared got it by a split second. So who is it, Jared? England. England, said loud, said proud. I don't know how they ended up on the list. Um, other players, though, include uh, Marcus Rashford, Jordan Pickford, and Harry Kane. That might have got it as the last clue. Uh, team number three are known as the Ticos. Voice. Jared, voice. Take it away. Costa Rica. Bam! Got it on the first clue. Look at that. I'm impressed. Nice work. Um, other clues, you probably don't need them, but already eliminated. Uh, players include Brian Oviedo of Sunderland, were beaten 2-0 late on by Brazil, and faced the Swiss national team in their last group game. Exciting stuff. Uh, two teams left, and this next team is located in Eastern Europe. Known as the White Eagles... Shockingly won their first group game with a single goal. Current players include Matic, Ivanovic, and... Boy, Jared. Yes, boys. Serbia. Serbia. There it is. Bam. Nice work on Where's that one. Where's VAR when we need it? <laughs> We're going to check the tape on that. Check the tape. Hang on. Get the get the ref out. Uh, the last clue uh, rhymes with Berbia. That might have got it. Um, this last team, here we go, is another European team. 
have comfortably qualified into the round of 16. Lucas Hernandez plays defense for this team. Boys. Yes, boys. Uh, I, I honestly have no idea. Mexico? <laughs> it is not Mexico, unfortunately. No, that does freeze you out. Uh, did you say it was a European team? <laughs> I did say it was a European oh. team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geography. There it is. Uh, uh, right. Jared, these last two clues are for you. Uh, known as Le Blues. And they love baguettes and frog legs. That would be France. Another who... for France, yeah. <laughs> Paul Pogba plays for. There Paul Pogba does play for France, yeah. I, I don't know little, if you heard that. Little known facts. <laughs> <laughs> little known. Small facts. Um, but that's the game, folks. And the winner from our first off-season special, Jared has come away with 10, but Boyce has clinched it with 12. Boyce, how do you feel? Better than Willie Caballero still. <laughs> <laughs> Better, but only just. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, let's get some final comments and questions. Boyce, who's your current favorite to win the World Cup, and has it changed from before the tournament started? You know, France hasn't exactly performed exceedingly well in their first two matches, but yet they still have six points. I'd be reluctant to, uh, to dismiss them, although I, I think... As Jared sort of alluded to earlier, it's, it's it's extremely difficult in this World Cup, given the balance between the teams, to, to see who is actually going to win. And I, I think for what feels like really the the first time in a long while that there's almost an NCAA tournament level setup here, where until you see the bracket and until you see the matches that are going to happen or the potential matches that would lead up to a championship, I think it's almost difficult. Uh, there for a while when it looked like Spain and Portugal Portugal were going to flip. It really looked like the right side of the bracket was going to be pretty weak. Uh, you'd almost give England a chance in that bracket. What? But it looks like <laughs> But you look at the circumstances and in the round of 16, you're probably looking at a Brazil Germany match. Yeah. Uh, there is at least a potential for a France, I think is it Argentina if they come in second in that group match. Uh you know, there are there's some matches out there that I don't think anybody necessarily ever expected would occur. And, you know, Germany, Brazil in the round of 16 is a ridiculous matchup. Uh, but, you know, you're talking about a side of the bracket where if Brazil wins that group and France wins that group and Germany's playing them. You got three incredible teams, not to mention Belgium could end up on that side of the bracket as well. I think it's going to be really, really interesting and it's going to come down to matches. I, I think who wins that Belgium-England game means a lot more, which is a really, really long way of saying that I'm just going to stick with France because that's what I did before, even though I apparently know nothing about that team. Jeff, <laughs> uh, what about you? Uh, have, have you changed who you think is going to win, or are you sticking with a certain team? You know, I I think, I, I will hang my hat on this now, I think we're going to see a, a first-time winner this year. I think uh, there has been, you know, this is this is so wide open and uh, uh, there are there are some teams that if they don't write their ship, uh, Argentina obviously being one of them, Germany being another, you know they're they're going to fall victim to to a Croatia to a Belgium. Uh, Belgium is scary good, uh, and that Boyce's very academic uh, uh, reduction of the brackets. I'll take his word for it. I haven't looked at it that closely, uh, <laughs> but I trust him. Uh, on on things like that, but I tell you what, if um, if Harry Kane can keep scoring goals while just standing there and not seeing where the ball is, uh, then if if England is that charmed, then then I think if they can keep goals out of the net, Spurs can keep scoring. By the way, uh, for those people counting, uh, Spurs 
current Spurs players have seven goals in the World Cup to <laughs> one from Granite Shaka for Arsenal, <laughs> which is still less than Crystal Palace in Jedinak for the Socceroos. So uh, that's my long way of saying uh, Arsenal sucks. So uh, we'll see. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I would love a first-time winner. We'll see. I, I, mean, I would too, yeah. If Arsenal players just got to take penalty kicks as their primary job, they'd probably still be behind Spurs, but at least they'd have more goals than one. <laughs> and I would do the double eagle salute, but I assume that FIFA would kick me out of this podcast. So <laughs> Careful. They'll, they'll know. They'll know. Um, that's, all, that's all we have time for, folks. Uh, big thanks to Jerry Bustamente and Boyce Richardson. Uh, don't forget to check out our social media outlets at Kick Corner Flag on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Kick Corner Flag, and kickflag.com online. Uh, we'll be back for a second off-season special in the near future, so keep your eyes peeled for that. But until then, have a great week.